Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Live No Lies, I am so excited about this series. And uh, to start, we're gonna play a game. How's that sound? Ready for a game? How many lies have you believed that peanuts are nuts? Did you know they're not? Peanuts are not a nut, they are a legume. Oh, look at you, here's another one. Toads give you warts. I remember my mom telling me that as a kid. They do not. Oh, here's one. You only use 10% of your brain. Not true. Some days it feels like it. Yes, it does. And at certain stages in life. And I find it's at the, the opposite ends of the spectrum. When you have lots of little humans around you, you feel like there's like not a lot of brain power. And then as you get older, it feels like it's kind of going back that direction again. Here's one. I remember I was told this by my parents all the time. Swimming within an hour of eating will give you really bad cramps or you could drown. How many of you were told that one? Yep, not true, not at all. Oh, here's one. All of you, Mar are all of you, I think it's Marvel, yes, okay. The Hulk is green because of radioactive whatever he was exposed to. Gamma radiation, no. It was a printing error. It was a printing glitch. Oh yeah. Here's another lie you might have been told in Sunday school. Eve ate the forbidden apple. Mm. No, there is no description of an apple. It's probably, scholars think based on the fruit in that region, it's probably more like a pomegranate or fig. Here we go, oh, this one will make you really happy. Houseflies live 24 hours. Unfortunately, that is not true. 20 to 30 days. Man, I grew up in a farmhouse and those things were always swarming and we were like only 24 hours, 24 hours. And it's like, no wonder they stayed around all the time. Here's my, this is interesting. Your fingers wrinkle in water because the skin is absorbing water. No. It's a weird thing that it's like, this is what, let me read it, let me read it so I get it right. An automatic nervous system response in, the in, the, in your body to give your fingers more grip in wet environments. Wow. Whoa, how many of you knew that one? Okay, here's a lot, oh, some of you did know that. You are so smart. Okay, here's one. Germs live on toilet seats. Actually, anything really harmful, it, 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 it doesn't, it's like gone in a few minutes. So unless you're doing something funky on the toilet seat, <laughs> your body fluid is not even gonna touch the seat. You know what you should be scared of? Your phone. 10 times the bacteria of any toilet seat. So, the lies that we believe, now these are kind of innocent, and they're not gonna ruin your life if you believe them, you know, thank God, you know. We know that toads do not give you warts. That's a good thing to know. You've been set free. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the, here's the reality. There are not so innocent lies that we, unfortunately, if we believe in them or if we engage with them, they can actually destroy our life. 
They can destroy us from the inside out. And you know this series, Live No Lies, I cannot, if there was ever a book written for this time, it's this book. And we've got a few copies out at the book table if you want to get it. You can get it online at Amazon if you like download or Audible as well. But, and also, another plug-in, Thursday nights, Grow Nights, first Thursday, third Thursday of the month. We're going to be going deeper into this, doing some, not, not just teaching time, but we do some group time as well just to get in discussion, hash this out. So I encourage you, the videos that are going along with this so good. But, you know, there's one thing, it's that I think the past two years actually have been a grace gift from God. Maybe you know that personally, but I think for us as a humanity on a planet, I think it was a grace gift that God allowed. Because the past two years have really been a revealer, I think an incredible revealer, of something that had been growing silently under the surface for a long, long time. Something that had been brewing in us as people and as a society, and it was this. As a society, as people, we have been drifting farther and farther from truth and developing a greater predisposition for lies. And, you know, the last couple years, I mean, we, we can see this in, you know, the so-called fact checkers <laughs> deciding what should be called true, not what is true. And unfortunately, we've seen it in a media, in our media, in all forms, crafting a narrative that is more about a political and economic agenda than it is about actually reporting what's truly going on. And maybe on a personal level, many of us have experienced this, where fear and just, man, the crazy of the world going on and just the uncertainty and the stress, they've revealed where, you know, the lies that have gotten in and a false narrative that have maybe weaseled itself into our thinking and into our believing without knowing it, and we've seen the fallout in that in how it's wreaked havoc in friendships. Or maybe it's wreaked havoc in your family or your marriage. Man, I've never seen such an attack on marriages as I have in the past two years. And I don't for a minute believe the stress and, and COVID and whatever caused this. It was a revealer of what's going on, but we've experienced this. Maybe you've experienced havoc in your just your personal well-being and your mental capacity or you know, even when it comes to, you know, our trust of leaders or our trust of some of the tested, you know, long-standing systems in our world. We just, there's just like a lot of not trust there anymore. Or how about this? It's wreaking havoc in the way we view others who have different views than we do. Who has wondered over the past 24 months, what the heck is going on? Anybody else with me? It's like, what the heck? Like, my favorite meme at the beginning of 2020 was where it's like, I think it was like, it was COVID and then it was like, there were a whole bunch of things going on. It's like, somebody stop playing Jumanji. It's kind of what it felt like. It really did. <sighs> but I want to tell you a story that I, I think it's, it just might shed some light on and we're going to jump into where we're going. But I want to start with a story about 
a fourth century monk named Evagrius. I might be pronouncing it wrong, but Evagrius is what we're going to go with. And he was, he was a monk that when he had read about, of all things, the story of Jesus going into the wilderness and having a face-off with the devil, and you can read about this story in the book of Matthew and in the book, book of Luke chapter 4, but when Evagrius read this story, he's like, well, I'm going to go do the same thing because he was a follower of Jesus. He was a very dedicated and very committed follower of Christ. And so he was like, Jesus did it. I'm going to do it. And so that's exactly what he did. He went out into the Egyptian desert and had this face off against the enemy, against the devil. Now, not in a physical form. We'll get into that a little bit more about what he discovered, but he actually became very good at it because he became a very much sought after after spiritual guide. People would make their way out into the wilderness looking for Evagrius, trying to find out how did you fight and win against what is your tactic? What is your strategy? And he actually wrote it down. Listen to this. This is the title of the book, Overcoming the Devil. It's called Talking Back, a monastic handbook for combating demons. How's that? You can actually get this for free. I've got it. Is it interesting? I haven't read through the whole thing, but it's really interesting. You can get it. You can download it. Just search it and you can download the free book version. But talking back, a monastic handbook for combating demons. So here's a question. What would you expect from a fourth century monk in terms of battle tactics? Garlic, <laughs> crucifixes, holy water, you know, splash, splash. No. The predominant fighting principle that Evagrius writes about and discovered from personal experience, but also from teaching that had already been passed down for hundreds of years by the time he shows up on the planet. He describes something called, in the Greek, it's this word logismoi. Logismoi. And it's a word that means and refers to thoughts or thought patterns or your internal stories or the belief structures that govern your life. And for Vagrius, these logismoi, they weren't just thoughts. They were thoughts that had a very dark animating force behind it. Now, you might have experienced this. How many of you have ever had a thought or series of thoughts that seems to have almost a will of its own? It just gets in and you can't shake it. Have you had that? You're just, and it comes usually when you're sitting in church and you're trying to be focused and you have all these crap things going on in your head. Hello. Yep. Or when you're supposed to be having a conversation with your significant other because you got to hash some stuff out and you're thinking about something else. But we have these thoughts. It's almost like there's a power on these thoughts that it has forced its way and pushed its way into your thinking, into your awareness, into your consciousness. And no matter how hard you try, you just cannot shake it. Anybody, you just get a little bit exhausted trying to fight these things. And this is where these logismoi are actually demonically leveraged thoughts. I mean, if you think of 
your mind, think of it being like a room. And if there was a door, see, enemy's looking for any chance he can get to stick his foot in the door and just keep it wedged in there. See, one of the most important truths for us in life, now this applies right across the board, Jesus follower or not, this is just a reality, this is a truth about what life is, but this is especially important to know and understand as followers of Jesus, and it's this, we are in a war. We're in a war. And now, some of you might have a problem with combat language because you're just like, I just like quiet. Let's just reflect. Just peace. Just gotta get centered. Just kind. Jesus is just about love, just love, peace. <laughs> actually, Jesus kind of debunked the whole thing. He said, I didn't come to bring peace. I actually came to bring a sword. Those are Jesus' words. But all through scripture, one of the predominant fighting, one of the predominant um, illustrations to describe or ways that the writers, including Jesus, described this, our walk and what life was about was using the language of fighting and war. First Timothy 6, Paul is telling Timothy, fight the good fight for the true faith. And a couple verses later in verse 18, he says, fight well in the Lord's battles. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, very famous passage. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is freaky stuff, but it's real. Here's another one, 2 Corinthians 10. Paul again, for although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. And one of the, again, referring to one of the most intense battles outside of the cross that we see Jesus facing was this face-to-face, -face, this all-out war against the devil in the desert. And you know what, you might, have, you might have felt this fight and not really know what it was. Why do I just feel anxious all the time? Why does my mind feel like it's under so much pressure? Why do I feel like this constant tug of war between desires inside of me that I can't just silence them, I can't just push them aside? Why do I have struggle so much trying to make a decision? Why is there so much bad news? Why can't I stop doing the things I don't want to do? You know, this is that fight. And here's the thing. For centuries, Jesus' followers and teachers of the way of Jesus described this struggle and understood our struggle to be against three main enemies. And this is what we're gonna unpack over the next couple of weeks. We're gonna, we're gonna get into these and what this looks like, but they described our struggle as being against these three enemies. Number one, our thoughts. Our thoughts, which is where the enemy, where the devil comes in and he wages an intense 
battle. It's kind of like the starting ground of where the fight starts. But our thoughts, number two, our passions, referring to our flesh nature. Now in scripture, when you hear the description flesh nature, it's not talking about your skin. It's talking literally about the part of us that opposes anything to do with God. So if you've ever had, let's say you struggle, sorry, I get every time, it's my hair. I get hair on there and the light shines on it just right and then it drives me nuts. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but our flesh, and maybe you've experienced this where you just, it's that, it, 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 you get, you have this uncontrollable anger that you're just like, you just want to hit everybody and anything and you just, it's just, but you know you shouldn't be angry in that way. You can be angry, but not in the sinning punch your person in the way. Not that way. You can be angry. Anger is good. But you just want to let it go in all sorts of unhealthy ways. Have you ever struggled with that? Yeah, I have. That's your flesh. Your flesh. Your flesh would rather watch Netflix and read your Bible. <laughs> your flesh wants to jump on Instagram and TikTok in the morning before you read and have any kind of scripture and truth going through your head. That's your flesh. So enemy number one, our thoughts, our passions, or the flesh, and then just our world itself, a broken world. And these are three enemies of the soul. And I like how John Mark Comrie describes in the book, he says they're like alien invaders from hell, almost like an unholy trinity to challenge God. And their strategy works like this. It starts with deceptive ideas, in other words, lies that play to disordered desires, our flesh, that are then normalized in a sinful society called our world. That is the battle strategy right there. And you know what, over the next couple weeks, we are gonna dive in and discover how do we unmask the enemy and how do we develop a fighting strategy to fight back? Because I don't know about you, but I do not like being played. I do not like being played. So we're gonna dig into step one of the strategy. We're gonna unpack this, the power of lies. And we're gonna look at a story from Jesus' own life. One of the most descriptive, one of the most, it's just like you cannot argue with him. It doesn't get much plainer than this. When he's describing what's going on as it relates to the lies, and how it works and how the enemy uses them. So John 8, 31. And this is after a conversation that Jesus is having with the Jews. And this is right. You might, be, might have known the story about where this woman is caught in adultery. And they bring her, the Jewish leaders, they bring her and they throw her at Jesus' feet. And they're like, she should be stoned. What do you say? And he's like, well, if any of you don't, whoever doesn't have sin, you can throw the first stone. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. And they all leave. And then Jesus is talking to this crowd after he's asked the woman. He's like, well, where are all your accusers? She goes, there aren't any more. And he goes, well, go and sin no more. And then Jesus starts in with an he starts in teaching. And Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, we're descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? And Jesus responded, well, truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. I know you are descendants of Abraham, 
but you're trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. I speak what I've seen in the presence of my father. So then you do what you've heard from your father. Our father is Abraham, they replied. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, you would do what Abraham did. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham didn't do this. You're doing what your father does. Well, we weren't born of sexual immorality. They said, we've one father, God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me because I came from God and I am here. For I didn't come on my own. He sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You were of your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. So here are a couple thoughts and then I'm going to wrap up with just two questions for you to have. Here's a couple thoughts. First one, freedom is connected to truth. Freedom is connected to truth. You will know the truth. The truth will set you free. And that's knowing. That word knowing, it's gnosko in the Greek. And it means not just a mental knowing of head knowledge. It's a literal and intimate knowing. And it's literally the word that was also used. It was a euphemism for a man and woman, a married man and woman, having sex. That intimate knowing between a man and wife. That's how much Jesus said, we know the truth. We have this intimate, in, this organic, intimate relationship with truth. And that's what brings freedom. And so when Jesus said this, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He was revealing a truth, not just about these Jews, but that relates to all of us. We are all enslaved and we need to be free. Every single one of us. We're born into an environment and we're very quickly raised into an environment of lies. And some of those lies have to do with maybe our identity. We feel this tug of war thing going on inside and I feel this, but this, and then this, and this, and what does this mean? Man, the enemy is going over time when it comes to lies about your identity. And then our secularized world just makes it normal. But Jesus was revealing you need to be set free and goes on. The problem is less that we tell lies and more that we live lies. Look at this, this is comical. We have never been enslaved to anyone. Pfft. What about the 400 years, Jews, that you were in slavery to Egypt? Hello. That is their history. Moses, Prince of Egypt, out of all the plagues, leaving Egypt, going through the Red Sea, 400 years they were slaves. These are those people. It is almost comical. These were the very people who were supposed to keep the history alive. And that story of slavery in Egypt coming out of Egypt was one of the most predominant stories every Jew was supposed to know. But somewhere along the line, a lie got in and we're not slaves of anybody. 
They lost sight of reality. And here's the thing. What is truth? Well, truth is reality. Lies are unreality. And I love this definition of truth. Truth is a reality of God's wise and loving design about how humans and creation can flourish. That's what truth is. It's the reality of God's wise and loving design about humans and creation, how they can flourish. John Mark Comer, he says, to live in truth means choosing to live in beliefs that correspond with reality in a way that causes us to flourish. When we believe lies or ideas that are not congruent with the reality of God's wise and loving design, we open our bodies to those lies and let them into the muscle memory in our minds, allowing an ideological cancer to infect our souls. And we end up living at odds with reality and we struggle to thrive. Whoa. See, the spiritual power behind lies is a very real entity being. Scripture refers to with a few different titles, but we're going to go with the one that Jesus used. You are of your father, the father of lies, the devil. And see, lies that come in the form of deceptive ideas are the devil's primary strategy and his primary method of enslaving you and I. That's how he works. See, it's not just political leaders. It's not just the media. It's not just science or lack of that are telling lies. There is a very real entity, there's a very real being behind the lies. And as much as we would like to get mad at certain people in power over us, people are not the problem. Everyone say logismoi. Logismoi, the word, the ideas, the thoughts, the patterns. And see, when the enemy comes in with these deceptive ideas to try to enslave humans, he's using the only trick in the book that he's got. And it's the same one he used back in the garden. Hello. When he comes in the form of this servant to Eve and says, here's a wonderful looking fruit. God said you shouldn't eat it, but he was just holding out on you. You need to try it because it's going to be your answer for everything. And he uses deceptive ideas to try to hook us in. And that's how the whole world broke in the beginning. And you know what? This is why Jesus, why he came as a teacher to teach us truth. This is why he came saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the ultimate truth. There is no other truth apart from him. Even what science and science is and science, who the heck came up with science? Jesus was the one who decided. He was the one who made all of these crazy, amazing, beautiful rules and laws of our creation. And he just said, you're going to figure it out. But Jesus is the truth. That's why Jesus is called the living word. And so, yes, there's a spiritual power 
empowering lives. But here's the other reality. Oh, man, this is the best one. John 8, 36, where Jesus said, so if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. You really will be free. And this same John, the author of this book, the guy who wrote this down, if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. Jesus was getting ready. He was going to the cross. But years later, John, the same writer of this book, he would describe again. He would say, the reason the Son of God has come is to undo and destroy the works of the devil. That is a reality we live in on this side of the cross. We live in the freed zone. We live in the liberated zone. And next week we're going to dive into a little bit more how to recognize the enemy, what his strategy is. But we live in the liberated side. And yet our minds... There is a battle to not just believe truth, but to know it intimately, to experience truth in the very depths of your being. And so I have just two questions to leave us with and to ponder. Here's the first one to ask ourselves, what am I believing? What am I believing? Is it truth or is it an idea or opinion. I'm going to throw something else out there for us to consider. If you've read your Bible, you know one of the major sins that we see all throughout the Old Testament where ended up Israel was in a lot, they ended up getting a lot of trouble for this. And it was the sin of idolatry. And you know in a world today we're kind of like not familiar with that cuz we don't have like, you know, big wooden poles or bronze things or objects we don't worship we're just like idolatry that's kind of like an old ancient thing well you know what idolatry has morphed into something in our 21st century called ideologies ideas that are not rooted in truth but are rooted in lies what am I believing number one what am I believing is it truth or is it an idea and number two whose idea or opinion is it? See, when it comes to living in truth and living in the reality that allows your life to flourish, that allows you to become all God created you to be, all that Jesus went to the cross and died for you to be, we have to decide who we're gonna believe and whose ideas we're gonna trust. See, when whose ideas are you going to trust when it comes to your body? When it comes to your sexuality, when it comes to your identity, when it comes to your future, when it comes to your security, when it comes to your worth as a human I, human being, whose idea are you going to believe and trust? The one who made you? Or some weirdo with weird ideas to say well, that body part doesn't mean that. And that body part doesn't mean that. And oh, that really means that. But actually, we don't know. And I'm going there today. My husband was supposed to be preaching today, but he's not feeling well. So we had to switch last minute. So if you don't like today, you can take it up with him. <laughs> He'll be on next week. <laughs> Oh, 
How are we going to trust mainstream media? <sighs> Dear Lord. Are we going to trust Instagram and TikTok? Man, I just I want to take a minute talk to anybody under 30. Because, oh, let's just face it. I mean, social media is part of life. It is. And if you aren't intentional with that tool, it's forming you right now. And it's not forming you in the image of a loving creator's design and intent that will allow you to flourish. I'm not saying ditch it all, but I'm saying you need to have intention about it. And I guarantee this, I guarantee it. Is social media and all those kinds of platforms, if you have a diet of that and you can't even pick up your Bible, your life is gonna be a train wreck. It just will. But there is a loving creator whose design for you is actually attainable, not in your own strength and power, but in his. Who are you gonna believe? Who are we gonna trust? Are we gonna trust our feelings that are easily swayed by circumstances and what we eat? Are we gonna trust our boss who pays our signs our paycheck? Are we going to trust the professor whose ideas have been formed by a broken world and who teaches you what to think, not how to think? Are we going to trust pop psychology that's influenced by celebrity, politics, and selfishness? Or will we, are we allowing our thinking to be, be formed by a world that is under a curse? You know, yes, Jesus went to the cross and he became a curse to break the power of that curse. But we all know, come on, we just need to go out that door in about five minutes. We know curse because the idiot won't let you out of the parking lot there. Come on. We know the curse is still there. What does that mean? Well, it means Jesus started something and we're in the process of bringing about what's his, his desire. So we choose truth over lies. You know what we're, we're doing? We're going stick it to the enemy and we're saying, I'm living in the right truth. I am living in the reality of what Jesus Christ has made possible. I am living in the reality of your kingdom come here on earth and your will being done through my life because I'm not gonna believe lies. I'm gonna live in truth. And that is hard to do. Can we respond? I want us to stand. Can we respond with courage and trust the one who was tortured and died and went to, make, went to the cross to make us free? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, what is that truth? It's that Jesus Christ came to this earth in the form of a man. He was a God-man. He was the God-man, the only one. And he took all of our sin, all of our weakness, all of the gross parts of us, and he absorbed it into his body. He died on the cross. They put him in a grave. All of our crap stayed in the grave. And when he rose up, 
He rose up in resurrection life and power just like we sang. There's going to be another resurrection. Do you know what that is? That's you. That's you deciding today I'm going to live resurrected in the life of Jesus Christ, in the reality of resurrection life that can be mine now by simply saying, Jesus, I trust you. I love you. I embrace you. That is your reality. And he gives us the power to see when those lies come in, no, you are not the reality I will live by. I want you to put your hand over your head and pray this with me. Say, Father, I need your help. I am tired of being influenced and living by lies. Today I make a decision to say yes to you. I make a decision to say yes to truth. I don't even know what that means, but I don't want to be a slave anymore. Jesus, would you help me live in the reality that you died for me? I say yes to following you and living in the true reality of resurrection. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.